If you've been listening to the show, or if you're just a living, breathing person in the 21st century, odds are that you're a perfectionist. But did you know that there are three different types of perfectionism? After working with perfectionists for the past two years and being one myself for uh, longer than that, I would have to be an ostrich with my head stuck deep in the sand to not realize that there are different styles of perfectionism, each one with their own self-sabotaging patterns. To find out which perfectionist type you are, plus learn helpful next steps that will get you out of those patterns of self-destruction, take the free quiz by following the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Now on to the episode. We have to schedule time for ourselves. Our brain honors time that we carve out for things. A lot of the times, there's a few exceptions, but a lot of the times when we plan something, we're way more likely to follow through on it. And a lot of the times we're planning things for other people and not for ourselves. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker Podcast. Today, we're talking about a not at all common topic for perfectionists whatsoever. Why it's so gosh dang hard to relax. And for this one, I really wanted to dive into some research. I've experienced this firsthand. I still do on occasion, and I have to snap myself out of that pattern. I see this in my clients, and I see this in my community But I really wanted to dive into what are the reasons behind this? There's got to be some neurology and there's got to be some kind of limiting beliefs that maybe I haven't seen before that I wanted to address. And I'm actually putting a link in the show notes to an article that I found by Dr. Hayden Finch. It is literally called, I Can't Relax, Here's Why It's So Hard to Relax and Some Tips to Relax When You're Feeling Stressed. I mean, at us. Why don't you, Dr. Finch? But before we dive into the meat of today's episode, I wanted to do some quick little segments. First and foremost, how did I get in my own way this week? Again, I like to have this one be first off the bat. One of my biggest pet peeves is coaches, mentors, therapists, people in the industry of personal growth and development making it seem like it's so goddamn easy all the time. And it's not. We are not 
perfect. We have our moments where we falter, where we, where we fall off the bandwagon and we have to remind ourselves. So I like to pull back the curtain on here because I'm not perfect. Obviously this podcast, if you go back to the first episode, I, I honestly dare you to go back to the first episode. It is a very different show and very imperfect. And on even like half a year ago, the show was very different. And that's just one example of millions that we're not perfect people. And one of the biggest life lessons I learned and started conditioning into my body was done is better than perfect. Just do it. Like just getting it out of your head and putting it out in there into the world and letting it be what it is. That's not really what I'm talking about with how I got in my own way this week. In fact, I actually got in my own way this week with a health related thing. I was running, which I'll tell you guys more about in a second, but I was on one of my morning runs and I noticed something didn't feel quite right. And I was kind of like, okay, like I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. And I realized I had like this tightness in my left shoulder. I realized I was like panting a lot more than I was used to. I realized something just felt really hard. My, my form was totally falling through the cracks and it wasn't until I got home. I actually just got an Apple Watch, um, which I, I hate to say how much I love this thing. It's so great. I adore it. Um, but I just got an Apple Watch and I was looking at my heart rate during the run and it was astronomically high. And I was looking at it like, oh, that's not good, I don't think. And my dad, who's a big, long, long, long time runner, looked at it and he was like, holy shit, how are you still alive, basically? And I realized I hadn't really done a lot of the knowledge work, or at least I've done it, but I hadn't stuck with what my target heart rate is while I'm running. Here's why this is important. I was making it so much harder for myself and so much, you can go ahead and italicize, bold, highlight those words because it was so difficult and yet I thought that was how it was supposed to be and this morning I went on a run after calculating my target heart rate after which was about 50 beats lower than I thought it was oh good job Nicole um but I I calculated my target heart rate I really looked at like the ranges that I want to be in that I want to live in while I'm doing running because a lot of the times especially when we're first starting out or even when we're just falling into a groove with it without really doing the deep dive as the healthy runner is we think that it's supposed to be this like, oh my God, this is so hard. Like I'm sweating, I'm panting. Oh my God. In actuality, you should be able to carry on a conversation really easily. And I guess that in the last little bit where I've kind of taken a step back from my long distance running and more into short burst running, I'd forgotten that. And I am now, which is my goal actually to celebrate, which is the second segment, is I'm starting training for a half marathon again. And I was really adamant this time about this half marathon being intelligent, being really smart. I've done the half marathon before. I did one last year in the middle of the pandemic. That was a whole other story. There's a whole podcast episode devoted to it if you want to listen to it. But one of the things that my fiance and I learned during that running time was how important recovery is, how important rest is, how important it is to fuel your body before you go out on a run and really just start. And this is with any high intensity workout, by the way. And we started doing our research and really becoming intelligent runners. And 
after our half marathon, we took a step back. We got more into um, physical training and then kind of fell off the bandwagon with the move and stuff. Ebbs and flows. Health is never linear. It always ebbs and flows. But um, recently, we really started getting back in that focus, that goal setting of really having a target that we're wanting to hit in October. And we started thinking about like, okay, what are some ways we can be more intelligent runners? And looking at this target heart rate is so helpful. Like this run this morning felt like an entirely different run compared to the one where my heart rate was in the high 190s. I'm not proud to admit that. But the reason I bring this up is because especially when it comes to getting into health or getting into a any kind of routine. I'm going to use health as the example here though. Being intelligent, learning the recovery, learning about what your body needs or wants in those moments is so freaking helpful. Like for instance, this morning, I was running three minutes longer per mile because my heart rate needed to slow down. I needed it to back off a lot. And so that meant I was running 13 minute miles as opposed to 11 or 10. And I am already a short human being and I was already kind of like, oh gosh, like 13 minutes. I was getting so down on myself until Brett actually, my fiance actually reminded me, you know what? Like we were really working on making this intelligent. We were wanting to, intelligence is such a buzzword or a, a, a pattern word for me when it comes to running because it snaps me right out of the perfectionism mindset runner where I need to be like this like Olympic athlete right now, which is ridiculous. And it puts me back into I'm growing, I'm learning, I am taking a new step with each and every single run and we're trying something new. And especially getting back into half marathon training where you're putting your body into miles per week where you're doing 20, 26 miles per week. What's a full-blown marathon? And not all at once, by the way, that's all chunked up. Um, I could do a whole episode on that. I would love to have a running professional on this podcast someday. So stay tuned for that someday. Um, But when you're putting your body through that, becoming a really intelligent athlete here is crucial if you want to not die and not feel like you want to die. So I'll give some examples in case people are curious. Like I learned about drinking noons. I I personally like noons or any kind of electrolytes or sodium, um, carbs before and after runs, proteins after runs. Um, I, I love KT tape personally. I don't know if it's a total mindset trip or if it's like a placebo effect, but I love it. For instance, I use KT tape a lot. It is very helpful. I don't know if it's a total placebo effect, but I really like it, especially I have a bad knee. So it helps me keep that form in place. And it's just like stuff like that, that just you find what works for you. So the how I got my own way really turned into my goal we're celebrating because it I'm really excited to start this journey. And a lot of the times as perfectionists will only celebrate, and I'm going to put that in quotations, will only celebrate when we accomplish something. But I'm a huge believer to celebrate not only at the beginning, but at each step along the way. And with each new long distance run, I want to just give myself a big old high five and congratulate because this is this is stuff that is not just around health goals. This is around business goals or personal goals or whatever goals you want to call it. But And it can be big and small. It does not matter. But celebrating along the way is so important. So stepping off my high horse, let's talk about relaxing. Which, by the way, relaxing can also be a goal. Just saying. If you want to have a goal of, I want to 
release my guilt around relaxing, that is an epic goal. It releases a lot of stress of that you put on your body when we think that we have to earn relaxation or when we think that, oh, I'm relaxing, but I could be doing stuff that's more productive. When we release that stress or that pressure that we put on ourselves, it really, it, it really helps. And it, it, I'll get into the science behind it. So one of the reasons that Dr. Finch, at least at the beginning of the article, says that difficulty relaxing can sometimes be ingrained in beliefs. And I have seen this over and over and over again, not only in myself, in my clients, in my community, but a lot of the times the reason that we have a hard time relaxing is because we have a belief or a rule around relaxing that says, and this is uh, Dr. Finch, she says, and and I quote, You don't have enough time to relax, you don't need to relax, you don't deserve to relax, or it's more important to be productive. And a lot of the times we get into this this loop, this I need to be more productive, I need to earn my relaxation, because a lot of the times we put our productivity, our work, our ability to accomplish and overcome in the category of worth. We have that equal our own worth and our own achievement, accomplishment, significance as a human being. We're going to do an episode in a few weeks all about the whole who's busier than who game or the in order to be successful, I need to be constantly busy myth that we've been telling ourselves. But that really feeds into this. And um, some people notice some really bothersome things thoughts when they start to slow down and start to relax because it feels really uncomfortable. There's like this huge disconnect with our normal. I'm going to put that as whenever we're in perfectionist mode. Our normal pace is a thousand miles per minute. And when we slow down, we equate that to laziness. We equate that to failure. We equate that to I'm not working hard enough and therefore I won't be successful and I won't be enough. I won't be worthy. But when we're in this constant state of moving a thousand miles per minute, and we've done a whole episode on this, but burnout is right around the corner. And burnout can look on so many different levels. It can look like disease. It can look like exhaustion. It can look like disinterest. It can look like depression, anxiety, so many different things. But when we're living in that constant, like I have to move a thousand miles per minute, I cannot slow down, it is detrimental for our health. And this is something Dr. Finch writes about in the article is that when we are living that constant perpetual state of burnout, um, we're putting so much stress on our bodies. And when our bodies are constantly having to pump that cortisol, we will literally be living in that fight or flight syndrome, which is a huge reason why perfectionists are all or nothing thinkers. Fight or flight means I either do this or I don't. Or run away. And when we're living in that survival state, that all or nothing, that black and white thinking, it's extra exhausting. And it can actually harm us in ways like disrupting our digestion. It can hurt our saliva production. I didn't know that. And it can also hurt our immunity. So for example, when I was in college, I was living in that perpetual state of I have to be busy. I have to work a thousand miles per minute. I have to constantly be doing things. By the way, most of the things I was doing was a bunch of fluff shit that did not matter and it was not taking me closer to my goal until I got really clear on what my goal was. Just saying, that's a really important part of this. But I was working really, really hard 
and not giving my body any time to stop making that constant cortisol and relax. And eventually, I mean, I was getting sick every probably three weeks. It was insane how often I got sick in college because I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't uh, working out from a healthy place. I wasn't taking care of what I put into my body. I was talking so negatively and I was moving a thousand miles a minute. Shock of shocks. Eventually even I actually landed in the emergency room because of, well, two reasons. I was go, go, going for so long until finally my body literally shut down to the point where I couldn't get out of bed for almost three days. And because I was living very much in the, I don't need help, I can't ask for help or else I'm weak and lazy mindset, which is a whole other podcast. But I was living in that mindset so much that I actually ended up stopping to get up and like go get water or get up and go get food. And I didn't ask people for help. People were offering. I was just being stubborn and shit. But I finally was so dehydrated that my friend literally came into my room and was like, we're going to the emergency room. You dumb fuck. Let's go. And we did. And I had to get pumped full of the bag of goodness. And I was a lot better after that. And it just, I, I, I bring this up as a very extreme example. And it might not be that extreme for you. It might look like headaches or your stomach hurts often or you have like digestion issues and stuff like that. That can be caused from high intense amounts of cortisol pumping through our bodies at all times of day. If this episode's resonating with you, you might be a great fit for my one-on-one coaching program. I help perfectionists get clear on what it is they really want, set goals that will help them get there, and actually follow through and achieve them. If you'd like more information about my program, email me at hello at lifecoachbaker.com to set up your free discovery call. Now, back to the episode. So I recommend that if you are someone who does have those constant headaches or those, um, I honestly, even dry mouth. I, sh- I was shocked to hear that one. I didn't really think about that one very much. Um, but the reason probably is, is because we're not slowing down and allowing our body to step out of that cortisol. So I like to think about it this way. When we are in a state of constantly moving a thousand miles a minute, Immediately stepping into relaxation mode is such a huge jump that a lot of times we're like, what's going on? And our brain freaks out and it has to make up all these horrible excuses, all these horrible language, all these horrible beliefs and throw them in our faces because it's panicked. It's shaken. It's like, what the heck is going on? I need you to go back into what's comfortable, which is going a thousand miles a minute. And I know it might not feel comfortable most of the time, but when we find that being our home emotion, that's because it is our comfort zone. Just wanted to say that. So I like to think about it this way. If we are digging a hole in the ground for so long and then we want to be happy guru pants or really relaxed or whatever, we're looking at digging a hole in the ground is like moving a thousand miles a minute. That's that state of burnout. If we're down in the hole... 60,000 feet and then suddenly want to be relaxing and living 
way up in the sky in happy guru pants land, that is such a huge jump. You can't jump from 60,000 feet in the ground to 60,000 feet up in the sky. That's not how this works. So what we need to do instead is build stairs. Getting back to that level ground and then reaching up to the sky. When we do that huge big jump, a lot of times it takes longer for us to get into it or it feels so uncomfortable that we have that thought of, ugh, this just doesn't work. I'm not gonna even bother. And then we go back to our home emotion, which is moving a thousand miles a minute and not slowing down. So it's really foreign, this feeling of slowing down. So I, I, it's ironic to say it this way, but slowing down into your slowing down mode will actually help make it more relaxing. And we'll talk about how to do that in a second. But I want to make this really crystal clear for you guys because a lot of the times I was so frustrated because I would be going from this like thousand miles a minute to zero and be like, why does this feel more stressful? I don't understand. Maybe I should just keep doing what's productive because this is clearly not working. And I was keeping on with that stress in my body and that tension. And I've even had to catch myself a few times this year in this pattern. And it's like, okay, hold up. We need to ease back into that state. And actually, I'll give a perfect example. I've been go, go, going for a past like about a week and a half. And I realized that, you know what? This is not helping my body. I am going to finish work early today and take a moment to relax and do something that is just purely for me. And what I love to do when it's just purely for me stuff is, and this is a recommendation I really honestly give to a lot of people, is when I'm wanting to fully step back, be present, relax, I don't post what I'm doing to relax on social media. That seems so silly. That seems so stupid. But a lot of the times when we're relaxing, we're on social or we're posting like, oh my gosh, I'm taking a bath or oh my goodness, I'm going on a walk. And a lot of the times I do that stuff and I don't want to post about it because it's just for me. That is my time to turn my brain off and really connect to my source energy. And if I'm giving it to other people or if I'm hopping on social and doing it on there, it doesn't work quite as well. So I, I do offer that piece of advice for you if you, and it honestly makes some people really uncomfortable. That's how connected we are to our phones, but that's just the world that we live in. So just giving you that little side tidbit. Um, and then one more thing I want to touch on before we dive into ways to actually help you get out of stress and into relaxation mode, that nice slow transition, is know that this is a skill. Lower your expectations or that need to be a perfect relaxer right off the bat. When we're so unused to this feeling, when we're so disconnected from it, it's really hard to be a master at it. It's like if I were to go into a karate class right now and expect to be a black belt, I would get sorely disappointed. (laughs) Like... I could barely do anything. I can break a piece of wood. I've done that before. Uh, many times that feels good. But the, the the reason I'm saying this is because we can't just go from like a newbie to a master in 3.5 seconds. And relaxing is a skill just like karate. So you got to take your time to be easy on yourself because putting pressure on yourself when you're relaxing is um, not relaxing. 
And be easy on yourself. Give yourself a lot of grace during this time to be a beginner and mess up and figure out what works for you and figure out what doesn't work for you and then change what doesn't. And it, it just, it really, really helps to get that brain into that calmer state. And it honestly diminishes so much of that negative self-talk. I can't even tell you. So let's talk about some ways that can help you start feeling relaxed now. Um, number one, identify what actually helps you feel relaxed. This one seems like a no-brainer, but let me tell you, the amount of people that are like, I just don't know what makes me feel relaxed. I don't understand. It, it's it's astonishing. And honestly, I had to go through this too. And I still am. And figuring out what makes me feel relaxed in different seasons is honestly like a new game of darts that I'm trying to find the bullseye for every single time. But the ability to relax, I like to think about it this way. What can you do or what have you done or what have you thought about doing that you believe or know you to be more energized by the end of it. And said differently is, what fills up your cup? Emphasis on your cup. Because, for instance, I used to think that the only way to relax was to get in a bubble bath and play some Enya or whatever and just like lay there. And for so long, that was so uncomfortable for me because my brain would be racing and I would leave the bath more tired than I did getting into it because my brain would just not turn off. Now, to be fair, I didn't ease into it. I didn't build the stairs. I went straight into the sky and wonder why it didn't work. And now I actually build the stairs. I take some time to like really zone in. I do things in the bath that make me feel really centered and and good like for instance I I listen to books or I watch a show or something like that that just kind of like eases it eases me into it a little bit more Um, but that's for me some people prefer just the Enya or silence and that's great no one answer is correct but for instance there's also like going on a walk journaling there's um reading for pleasure or for knowledge or there's working on a project that's been looming over your head for a while and finally just breaking down and doing it that honestly sometimes to me feels so relaxing because I feel so good and energized and accomplished after but I'm also coming at it from a place of I feel so free to get this done rather than I must do it now there's a huge difference energetically here I hope you guys feel that number two schedule rest time and here's the kicker always be more generous than you think you need to be always 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 be more generous I used to schedule like a 15 minute walk and it would take me 10 minutes to get out the door and I was like the fuck I only have a few minutes and it's not a it's not a relaxing walk it's more just me do 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 running out the block so Always being more generous with your time, always scheduling more time because you never know. You could hit a state of flow in your relaxing time and you're going to want those extra 15, 20 minutes. So schedule your relaxing time. Another reason to schedule it is especially as perfectionists, because a lot of perfectionists tend to lean into people-pleasing techniques. I'm looking at you guys. And when we are in that state, we are constantly scheduling things on our calendar that are devoted to other people. So for instance, if I am working at a 
desk job or at a nine to five or whatever you want to call it. And my boss needs this and my coworker needs that. And my boss's boss needs this and that. And also the intern doesn't know what they're doing here. And so I need to help them with that. And suddenly my schedule is totally filled with things for other people. We have to schedule time for ourselves. Our brain honors time that we carve out for things. A lot of the times, there's a few exceptions, but a lot of the times when we plan something, we're way more likely to follow through on it. And a lot of the times we're planning things for other people and not for ourselves. So taking that time to schedule it out and honoring that scheduled time as if it were a meeting, as if it were a... Um, appointment for a lot of creatives listening to this as if it were an audition or a time to pitch something like that is sacred time and if you honor it it honestly feels so much better and again giving your time yourself more time than you think you need because a you want some time to ease into it you got to build the stairs my friends and you also want some time to if you got into flow have that flow time it feels so good trust me number three Help turn off that negative self-talk <clears throat> by linking this to a skill rather than something you need to master already. We talked about this already, but I feel like it's important to reiterate. When we are looking at relaxation and if we immediately expect us to be like, ah, oh, like I'm at a spa, but I'm really in my like bathrobe, laying on my bed. I don't know. But like if you if you demand that level of relaxation from yourself when this is something you very rarely live in and do, your body is going to find this new state as like a, what the fuck is this? I don't feel comfortable here. I'm going to go again. I'm going to go back to feeling what's comfortable, which is going a thousand miles a minute. So giving yourself so much grace so much grace here to be a beginner I know I'm hitting this dead horse so hard but seriously this shit is where the the brain mental negative chatter starts to turn off really quickly let's talk about some ways that you can identify that this is a skill I know that sounds kind of weird but hear me out when we are stuck in a pattern our brain goes to default mode and when we are constantly going, go, go, going, 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 and then we go to zero miles per hour, the pattern or the default mode of our brain is to go like, what the fuck is this? I don't know what's going on. I'm going to go back to what's comfortable. So having what we call a pattern interrupt, we've talked about pattern interrupts quite a bit on the show, but having something that will break that pattern, a thing that will basically take it out of your subconscious, out of your autopilot zone and into conscious mode, into I'm in the driver's seat, I'm changing my brain, I am working on choosing something differently here. So I prefer to have like a mantra or something or a question I love questions. I think that they're really, really powerful and your brain is programmed to answer them. So they're kind of like a two birds, one stone sort of situation. But having a question of, um, is this actually helping me right now? How can I feel more relaxed and be easier on myself right now? Um, What are some ways that I can experience my type of relaxation right now? There's questions that we can ask that direct positive lines of thinking. I prefer to lean away from questions like, why can't you just fucking get this right? 
because our brain is programmed to answer questions, even if that means making shit up. So if you're looking at that type of question and you're actually not doing anything wrong, it's just taking you a second to get into it, your brain will make shit up and say, well, it's because you're a loser. It's because you suck at this. It's because you are such a failure at everything you do. Why would relaxing be anything different? And your brain will start to like put those on blast in your head and it will really hinder that relaxation and also, you know, your mental sanity. Number four, you do not need to earn rest. This is just a reminder that again, having a mantra or having something to break that pattern of believing that this is something you earn rather than this is something that is a basic human need is so important. For me, for example, it's a good reminder to get into the science of it. I am someone who loves to know the why behind things. So learning about the stress chemical, learning about how that hinders my headaches, my digestion, my saliva production. I learned that today. That's wild. But knowing how it's affecting my body and my health, because health is one of like my top values, knowing how it's hindering that immediately snaps me out of, okay, hold up. You don't need to earn this. This is a basic human need. This is a basic human desire. And and honestly, it helps you in so many other areas of your life and business that why wouldn't you want to love this part too? And when I start to lean into that, it really helps me. Now you can have, again, a mantra, a question, a long list of research like I do of the why behind rest is actually essential and not something that is just a bonus. Um, I highly recommend tapping into and trying out and seeing what works for you. But that constant reminder that this is not something you earn. This is something that you get to have. This is something that is just part of a healthy mindset, life existence, and just really leaning into that. I know that in the modern age, we glorify the thousand miles per hour. We glorify people. Oh my gosh, they're just such a hard worker. They're just so good. And for perfectionists especially, that's like a big like gold star. It's like a trophy. Like (laughs) one of the best things I heard, and actually this is totally stolen from my fiance. Um, If you know the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram three. And one of the things that he said, he was like, you know what? Enneagram threes, I feel like whenever they're in a classroom and they ask a question and the teacher's like, oh, wonderful question. They don't hear the answer. They're just like praising themselves for asking a good question. And my mouth literally dropped open in like a gasp. And I was like, how dare you at me like that? (laughs) Um, it It was really, really funny. And I see that so often because especially with perfectionists, especially with the overachiever leaning perfectionists, they tend to love like as if it's like, like fuel for their soul. They love the praise of, oh, you're just working so hard. I see you working so hard. Good job. I, oh my gosh, you're so busy. Like we love that. And again, we're going to do a whole episode devoted to the lies that are around busyness, but having that, that reframe, that, that readjusting around our, for lack of a better word, obsession around needing to be busy because that means we're a good upstanding person in society. Oh, I could go on a whole tangent about that, but I won't because you are not someone who needs to be busy. The whole work smarter, not harder thing is so 
freaking real. And to be, I'm going to be super vulnerable. It's something I'm still learning every single day, but man, oh man, I have the people and the reminders and the support in my life to constantly bring that to the surface for me because it's really easy to fall into that old, I must work hard now, fast, quick mindset and lifestyle that leads to burnout and leads to your saliva being dried up, you know? Number five, second to last, ask for help. This I just talked on a little bit, but having people in your support system, having people as a mentor, a therapist, a coach, as a partner, as a friend, as a hype squad, having people in your life to remind you that you're supposed to, allowed to, given the grace to rest. And when you have people who are reminding you, a lot of the times when we're stuck in our own patterns, this is honestly why I believe coaching and mentorship of any kind, therapist, coaching, whatever you want to, like, whichever works for you. And sometimes it's both. But that's why I believe having someone outside of yourself to ask the questions, to redirect you, to get you back on track is so important because we're creatures of habit. We will fall back into old patterns without even realizing it. And until we have people to call us out, both in loving ways and in hard-ass ways, when we have people calling us out and we have people redirecting and reframing for us or asking us questions to help us get that, that clarity, when we have that, we're able to stay on track so much easier. So having people asking for help, this does mean you're going to have to maybe a good example is text a friend and have them be your, oh crap, I'm moving a thousand miles a minute. I need someone to remind me what to do here. And I have a friend who we're that for each other. And honestly, it's it's so helpful because we're both major overachievers. And, and it's helpful to have that reminder of, wait, no, we are coming back to center because we are actually human beings before we're worker bees every time. And then last but not least, have fun with us. Relaxing is not some new task to add to your to-do list. It is something that is supposed to help. It is supposed to fill you up. It is supposed to make it easier for you to be able to give energy to others because I know so many perfectionists are wanting to show up for others in such high energy, high, beautiful, community-serving ways. And you can't do that if you're running on burnout. You're allowed to have fun with this. And in fact, asking how can I have fun with this right now is a great question to redirect your thinking. In fact, I'm probably going to do that later and ask myself, what's the most fun way I can relax right now? And whatever comes to mind, that's probably what I'll do. But I scheduled that time out for me. I made sure to identify what actually helps me feel relaxed. So I know maybe when I ask that question, I have an already list of planned out ideas that I can just pick from, whatever feels good in the moment. I do not need to earn rest and you do not need to earn rest either. You can ask for help from people in your support group, in your supportive system, your mentor, your coach, your therapist, your friends, your family, your partners. And you're allowed to make this an enjoyable experience overall, turning off that negative self-talk. It is so possible. Trust me, trust me, trust me. But it is a skill first and foremost. 
I hope this was helpful for you guys. If this was, please, please, please rate and review the podcast or share it with someone who needs to hear this. Do you have an overachiever buddy like I do? Make sure they hear this episode because I guarantee you they're feeling a lot of those same feelings that you are. Or if you want to blast it to the ether, go ahead and share it on social and tag me at Life Coach Baker. I say this every episode because it is the biggest, biggest, biggest hug. It's the biggest high five. It's the biggest thank you that you can do for any podcast that you listen to. And it helps get the word out there. Sharing it through word of mouth is actually one of the highest ways you can boost a podcast's listenership. So if each and every single one of you just shared it with one friend, I would be eternally grateful and I'd be able to do more and more of this kind of stuff in the future. I love you guys and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to go take the free quiz and find out what perfectionist type you are by visiting the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Also, take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus, you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.